0: Hey, 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 good morning, good morning. Happy Sunday out there, everyone. And welcome to Weightless in Mind, Body, and Spirit with your host, yours truly, Dr. Carol Penn. Now, who am I, you might ask? I'm a duly board-certified family medicine and obesity medicine specialist. I am also the world's master movement meditation and mindset coach two-time best-selling author and oh my goodness all the great stuff in life like a mom and a wife and you know a friend all those good things and i am excited and i'm here to welcome you to this sunday's episode and we have two exciting guests that you are going to meet momentarily but first let me tell you why the name of the show Weightless in mind, body, and spirit. Well, of course, as an obesity medicine specialist, I am concerned about and want to address that whole area. My goodness, during this pandemic, we could have called COVID-19 the COVID-19 pounds. Countless people have come to me and shared with me oh my goodness, all I did was eat during the height of the shutdown. I've gained all this weight. What can I do to get rid of the weight? So we do talk about the weight loss and we also talk about the spiritual meaning of lifting ourselves out of a weighty condition. So what does it mean to be truly weightless? in mind, body, and spirit. So, But first, let me give you a definition of obesity and show how we kind of loop this in and tie this in. Of course, we are here to inform, to educate, to entertain and uplift. We do not give any medical advice here, nor do we diagnose or treat any illness here. However, we do give you information that you can use. You're going to have your Monday morning takeaways that you can apply to your life. And you could certainly want to seek out and ask your qualified healthcare professional any questions that relate to your personal health. All right. So we're good. All right. So here we go. The definition of obesity. Obesity is a chronic relapsing multifactorial neurobehavioral disease wherein an increase in body fat promotes adipose tissue dysfunction and abnormal fat mass physical forces resulting in adverse metabolic, biomechanical, and psychosocial health consequences. So there we go. There's that piece to be weightless in mind, body, and spirit, not just in the uh, metabolic and biomechanical sense but also in that cycle social health consequence as well and we also look at metabolic syndrome this is what we're seeing a lot of during the pandemic where we see elevated blood pressure dyslipidemia or your high cholesterols right elevated glucose or sugars and the central adiposity or the belly fat. So we're learning about that. We're learning about that in the context of our lives right now, and also in the context of what is occurring globally. So without further ado and if you all are 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 joining in you're you're signing in you're waking up to and en- enjoy us and be with us do let us know that you are awake and that you're with us and that you're watching this morning live I see there are six people who've already joined us so we do have True, true, true. Early birds, early birds, early birds. So let me introduce my first guest. My first guest is Dr. Renee Roberts, fondly known as Dr. Renee. And who is she? She is a board certified family physician. Oh. You know, she's backstage. I think y'all should see her beautiful face as I introduce her. There she is, Dr. Renee. She's so beautiful. Too pretty, too pretty to keep her backstage. They need to just look at your glow. Look at your glow this morning. So Dr. Renee Roberts is a board-certified family medicine physician, speaker, and local television show host. She is also a former competitive figure skater with the United States Figure Skating Association. Drawing from her own unique experiences as a competitive skater and figure skating coach, Dr. Renee inspires and helps athletes during their transition from competitive athlete to everyday life. Dr. Renee was awarded the National Health Service Corps Scholarship while in med- medical school at Indiana University School of Medicine. Whoop, whoop. After graduation, she relocated to Chicago, Illinois to complete her residency training in family medicine at St. Joseph Hospital. When she is not caring for her own patients, Dr. Renee serves as a physician mentor to high school and college students aspiring to become doctors through her involvement with a local nonprofit organization, helping to raise the next generation of physicians. In her free time, Dr. Renee still enjoys figure skating recreationally. De- keep mentally and physically fit. She also enjoys running, traveling internationally, medical mission trips, and spending time with her dog. Yes, I know her dog, Mr. Biscuit. Mr. Biscuit, Dr. Renee, welcome. And would you like to say hello to our wonderful audience.
1: Oh my goodness, well, that was the most amazing uh, welcome I have ever received. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Carol. Uh, for the invitation. I absolutely adore you. Um, And hello to uh, all of your viewing audience, uh, wherever you might be tuning into. I'm actually here in Chicago. So it's about a little after 6 a.m. So uh, cheers and kudos to all of the uh, early birds uh, that are out there. But I'm super excited uh, to be able to speak with you and our other guests today.
0: Oh, well, welcome, and again, yes, whoop, whoop for Chicago, and yes, we have seven. Y'all go ahead and let me know who's here, who's watching, so I can give you a great, big, fabulous shout-out, as has become the tradition here in Weightless and Mind, Body, and Spirit. Now, my other guest, my goodness, so I know Dr. Renee from the wonderful Medical Moguls community, and we have something in common in that we share the same business coach, Dr. Drayon Birch, So we're very grateful to have that relationship. And we also made that career transition. Some of you know that I'm a former professional dancer and Dr. Renee is a former competitive figure skater. So we have, as our other special guest, oh my goodness, someone who has become... Um, a friend and, and mentee, someone who is living the transition, someone who is going through the transition. Not a former competitive figure skater. She's from my world, the dance world. So she is a professional dancer and choreographer. And we're going to bring on Bridget Duncan and find out what she's up to. And then Dr. Renee, I'm just gonna ask you to tell us a little bit about what it is that you do to help people make the transition. This is so important in this time of the pandemic because we're seeing jobs literally disappear before our very eyes. So if you've been thinking about making the transition, now might be the time. Now might be the time. All right, so let me bring Miss Bridget Duncan on so people could just look upon her beautiful countenance and just see her glow before she says hello to us. So yeah, ah, there she is there and she is glowing. Look at us so early in the morning. Early
2: in the morning. Good morning, Dr. Finn and Dr.
0: Renee. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And we have what hashtag New York City in the house, don't we? Yeah, Harlem. All right, right. so who is Bridget? Bridget Duncan is a creative who loves to inspire Black women and women of color to be the best version of themselves. She's a movement specialist who is a certified personal trainer and Pilates instructor? Whoo, <laughs> whoo, Pilates. Her work is informed by a background in dance, sports, personal training, Pilates, and most importantly, socio political issues that affect the Black community. Bridget holds a BFA in dance from Temple University and has danced in various companies, shows, and live performances. Her specialties are personal training, Pilates, pre-imposed rehabilitation, and holistic wellness services. As a former dancer, athlete, and radical wellness practitioner, B has experienced firsthand the transformative power that is the health and wellness industry. Simultaneously, she understands the wants and needs of Black women who are often neglected by society. As a result, B's focus is creating relatable wellness classes, experiences, and content for Black women and other people of color to help them meet themselves where they are and aid them on their wellness journey. And I have to say, I love this quote that you included. Caring for myself is not self-indulgence, it is self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. Or just (laughs) Lord. I couldn't agree more. I could not (laughs) agree more. So welcome, Bridget. Do you want to give a shout out and say
3: hello to our audience? Hello, Audience. Hello, everyone out there. Thank you for getting up so early. I really appreciate it because I'm not the most early bird human, but I'm glad to be up in this morning. Our of social media, of course, you know,
0: people can watch this when they get up as they get up. So let's, um, let's jump right in. So Dr. Renee, talk a little bit about the programming that you want to offer and, you know, what some of your plans are and, and, you know, and, and how that came to be.
1: Okay. Well, I'd be more than happy to do that. Um, So, yes, as Dr. Carol has uh, mentioned, I'm a former uh, competitive figure skater. I had a little over 15 years um, of competitive figure skating experience uh, with the United States Figure Skating Association and the Colorado Skating Club. Uh, Some of the best years of my life. Thank you. (laughs) Some of the best years of my life uh, took place in that icebreaker. Um, And I think Dr. Carol
2: can relate to you uh,
1: as well, Um, you really learn how to discover yourself uh, when you were out
2: performing. Uh,
1: But the problem arises is when those days start to come to a close. Um, I always knew I wanted to be a doctor. Um, I didn't know exactly when I was going to go. I had no clue what it was going to take to become a physician. Um, I'm the first physician in my family, so I didn't have the benefit, I guess, of having a legacy, so to speak, and having parents or siblings or whatever um, to help guide me through that. But I vividly remember um, my very last figure skating competition. I think I was around a sophomore in, in college. I was still skating, still trying to balance the demands Um, of undergraduate coursework and and trying to do pre-med. Okay, I don't recommend doing that (laughs) Uh, because that is a lot uh, to take on. But I remember exactly the feeling that I had, Um, this gnawing feeling in the pit of my stomach the moment I uh, finished my last competition um, in Denver. Uh, And I was just like, oh, holy crap, what am I supposed to do next? I mean, I knew that it was coming to a close, uh, my parents kind of had this conversation with me and they're like, look, the Olympics is coming on. boo. like, you are not going to be going. I understood that because everyone's got national uh, talents and abilities. So I knew that uh, obviously the Olympics was not my favorite.
2: I was just skating because I love to skate.
1: Um, But I knew that skating was not going to be something uh, that I was going to be able to do um, for the long haul, like many athletes or performers, uh, because your body is going to make some changes, um, and you're not going to be able to sustain that uh, for the long haul. So it was very much a crossroads for me. Um, But I also remember at that point feeling um, a bit fearful, um, a bit apprehensive, um, confused, not quite knowing exactly which uh, direction to go in because um, I think a lot of it uh, has to do with uh, changing our identity.
0: Yeah. I that's what uh-huh. I'm just wondering, is there another device on in the background? We're getting some echo and feedback.
1: No, I don't have any other devices on. The air conditioning's on, but that's about it. This is difficult to hear. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Um, no, I don't have any other devices. Well,
0: now you sound perfectly clear right okay. there. So. I'm
1: gonna leave it right there. All right. This is a weird echo. Dif- okay, I'm sorry about that.
0: That's We right. <laughs> right. don't wanna miss anything of what you're saying because it's too okay. important as you tell your story.
1: Okay. All right. Well, if you guys still have issues hearing me, let me know. Okay. I'm hearing a little bit of an echo. Um. Okay. All right. Well, I'll just keep going, and if there's an issue, you guys can just chime in. Yes. Uh, and let me know. Um. So yeah, I think the biggest thing um was struggling with that identity change. Um, and I realized that. I needed a roadmap. I didn't have one, so I made a lot of mistakes. Um, Thankfully, ultimately, in the end, um, everything worked out for itself, but then I, uh, again, had gotten hooked in um, with the medical mobiles and decided that I want to be able to help others in the same situation. Looks like I'm still having some issues with the sound. Someone said mute and then unmute. Okay, let me try that real quick. Okay,
2: yeah, I'm hearing an
1: echo. Are you hearing that on your own, Dr. King? Yes? Okay, let me see here. I have no other devices on other than my laptop, which I have streamed. Hmm.
3: All right, all right, back a little bit. It seems like it's just only when she's like in a certain range. Yeah, yes,
1: how is that?
3: Okay, don't move, <laughs> that, that
0: sounds good.
1: I'm just going to stay frozen like this. Okay. Right. Um, so I apologize if you guys were not able to hear all of that. So is this better? Okay. I'm not hearing an echo. That's um,
0: better.
1: Okay. So um, what I had decided to do is that I wanted to um, help others in my same situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, a lot of the people that I skated with, most of them, the overwhelming majority of them, uh, Some went to college, but a lot didn't. I'm thankful that I had parents that were strong proponents of education. It was always school comes first. You can go to the Olympics. You can do whatever you want to do, but you're going to school. And I was like, okay. So a lot of um, competitive athletes, I'm sure obviously advanced dancers, um, had the same situation where a lot of them were so talented. A lot of them got pulled out of school. They did homeschooling uh, and that type of thing to allow more time for training. That was not an option for me. My parents were like, no, um, it was, you can go to school in the morning or excuse me, skate in the morning, skate in the evenings, but in the middle of the day, you are going to be, uh, in school. So, um, I had a lot, uh, to balance there, but I'm thankful for that because that actually allowed me probably to be very successful, um, post, uh, post-athletic life, Um, whereas a lot of my counterparts, that was not the case. Um, And a lot of of, uh, athletes struggle with that. What do you do? Like, all I've ever been was a dancer or a figure skater or a gymnast or a track star um, or a football star. Um, And I think now more than ever, even with COVID-19, I feel for a lot of the athletes that have now been forced almost into early retirement or being forced to make um, that transition, um, but with what guidance? So, um, I am actually uh, now in the uh, process of developing the athletes' reboot academy. I love the concept of a reboot because it is essentially like you are hitting the reset button, okay? Just mm-hmm. much would reboot a computer. Um, when you make that transition, um, to life after sport, you essentially are. Um, hitting the reset button or doing a reboot uh, on your life. And so um, what I am in the process of doing is developing um, a coaching program to help um, athletes uh, make both a healthy transition, both mentally and physically, uh, to life after sport.
0: Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And Bridget, could you tell us a little bit about what's going on in your life, where you are, with your transition? How did you come to the decision that you wanted medicine? Okay.
3: Well, it started right out of college. I started dancing for a... Black dance company, right out of school for about two years, and then I got the bug to come to New York and be like Broadway dreams. (laughs) So um, I auditioned originally for Fela and got to like the third round. It was one of those like aha moments, like I can do this. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And then I slowly just started having those odd jobs that most dancers get. You get like a waitress job here, you get a bartender job there, some random odds in job just to get you through to the next audition or show. So um, I did a show in New Jersey, it was Dream Girls. And while I was doing that, I was also personal training. Yes, it was my favorite show actually that's actually the reason why I ended up meeting Dr. Penn was through Mr. Daryl who played one of the characters in the show so that's how me and Dr. Cross paths and then we ended up almost trying to do a show together too so life just weaves a nice little web <laughs> um during that a personal training and then I was realizing like do i really want to wake up at 5 a.m for auditions or do i want to stick personal training and get to know bodies i got to know a physical therapist and i would do their pilates and personal training for their clients there because you know as you go to pt school you have to go through all your prerequisites and train people and all that so they would let me do that and then i realized it was like physical therapy or actually become get to know the full entire body, how it works, how it moves, how it grooves. I read an article about an Olympic doctor, actually. Um, he was telling me, he's like, I knew a doctor who went to one of these certain Olympics. Uh, I forgot which one. I think it was London. He was like, I was just a physical therapist. And he was like, I was really, really bored. And then I found out when um, one of the guys that was there, he was just doing everything. He was touching bodies. He was working on like writing out regimens and things. He was like, he was an osteopathic doctor. And then Dr. Payne like, magically came out of nowhere and then um, just started talking to her and getting interested in the field seeing where to go and now I'm currently living in Harlem in New York um, I am a postback pre-med student at City College mm-hmm. where dr Penn actually went and also um, now I run my own business personal training and Pilates and my vein with science has always been like my entire life. I've always been very interested at how things work. So what's better than learning how you work like mind, body and soul. So I feel like that's kind of my journey in its way. It's kind of just gotten gotten me here. I feel like dance is the mantle I stand upon. So it's kind of been the glorious journey thus far. Excellent, excellent. You know, One (laughs) of the
0: things, um, a question that I get from people in high school or people well usually this is the the pre-college question. Everybody seems to think that they need to be a have a major in the sciences mm-hmm. to get into medical school. And that is a myth that I would like to debunk. That is nothing further than that is just very far from the truth. Exactly. You, And what you can excel in. So one of my dreams was to get involved in uh, admissions committees in medical school. And now with my alma mater, I am involved in their admissions process. And one of the things that we see, we see countless. Oh, we have all the biology majors. Oh, we have all the chemistry majors. Oh, we have all the physics majors. And I tell people, unless you can rock that and come out with a 4.0 plus, don't. Don't. Do not major. Major in what you can excel in. That's very, very important. So, for example, I was a dance major. That was my major. I had to go back and do my prerequisites because what you need to get admitted to medical school is you need to be able to demonstrate what you can excel in and then that you can do well enough in the prerequisites math and sciences that you need and then score well enough in your MCAT or the medical college admission test. So that's the first thing. And there's another uh, director of admissions that I've had the pleasure of meeting who says, look, I want to see all the applications where the college major was in the arts or in the humanities. Mm -hmm. I can tell you right now, those are the people particularly if the college major is in the arts, the performing arts. Those are the people that I'm going to admit into this medical school, because to excel at that level, they've already demonstrated dedication, excellence, commitment, and some of that you can't teach. Mm. So There is an advantage to people who come from background in the arts, background in sports, that also lets people know, hey, you know how to work with people, you know how to be a part of a team, and you've already demonstrated mastery. So mm-hmm. I, I want to put that out there. who might are watching or if they have someone in their family that wants to go to medical school, well, what in fact are... Call medical schools looking for looking for. All right, so I have we've got some people on. I people are being shy this morning. I don't know who is out. Go ahead and say hello. Drop it in the chat. Uh, Just say hello. Let us know where you're watching from. And if you have any questions, please share any questions that might have, that you might have. All right. So, Dr. Renee, I'd like you to take it from here and interview Bridget. Let's hear, let's have that back and flow between the the, the two of you for a way that you might be guiding someone in Bridget's situation or another scenario into that process of making this all-important career transition.
1: Absolutely. Ooh, okay. I'm super excited. Um, well, one of the questions that I oh, we got. Let me back
0: up. <laughs> oh, we got from Connecticut. Hi, Raleigh and Charlotte. Oh, my
1: friend Helen is here from Charlotte, North Carolina. Hi,
0: Atlanta. Hi, Atlanta.
1: Um, I always like to ask um, this question because I think every athlete performer reaches that point. Uh, in their career where they realize that the transition needs to happen, whether you want it to happen or not, okay? And I am wondering, yes, because that can be a very scary time. Um, yeah. The veil has been ripped off, the bandy has been ripped off. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to know, um, since obviously you're talking about uh, pursuing um, a career in medicine, um, at what point in time did that happen for you?
3: It was actually, right after my dream girls audition
2: mm.
3: right after it's, it's it was one of those moments where i originally actually didn't get the show and then they caught me the next day oh we made a, a mistake in the planning i mean in the choosing we meant to choose you two as well Yada yada already kind of backtracking in the way so i was like oh never mind i'm in the show but at that moment it was just kind of soul breaking and heartbreaking it was just the uh, this needs to happen. I need to walk away. But to what I would do, I didn't know that very moment. But I knew at that moment in time, I couldn't sustain myself any longer. Like it was one of those, the well has dried up at this point in time. And if you keep going further, you're only going to be doing yourself a disservice, a dishonor to like what no figure skating, even dancing. If you keep going, it's one of those I would rather just walk away and keep the good memories and keep creating bad ones on top of it.
1: Mm, that's good. What type of, um? how are you feeling during that time or what type of emotions were you experiencing?
3: It was a lot of, it was scary, scary because as living that dance life and as performers, we often don't talk about it a lot. We don't make a lot of money, especially living in New York. You're very working odd and in jobs because you're trying to make sure you get to that 5 a.m. sign-up sheet so you can make your 7 a.m. audition or your 9 a.m. audition and still get to work by 4 p.m. and then work all night and repeat it all over again Monday through Saturday. So it's not really having a lot of time, but in some ways I told my friends, like, as of now, on the other end of it, kind of the flurry cleared its way, uh, uh, cleared its way out. It was a lot of kind of like tornado, like the eye of the tornado. You could kind of feel the, whoa, this like the like the moment before Dorothy gets swept up in the house. You're like, okay, something's rumbling, and I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> so it's just kind of just all the things just welled up in myself, and just like, you're gonna get carried away now. <laughs> no. Okay, well I like that uh anal- <clears throat> excuse me, I like that analogy
1: of the tornado. Uh, I feel like I was in a similar tornado um, um, as well. Um my next question for you is I touched a little bit uh when we were doing introductions about identity. Excuse me, I like that
2: analogy of the tornado. Um, I feel like I was in a similar tornado. Okay. I haven't moved. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. All right, it's done strange
1: yeah i know i'm like i don't want to move um tell me a little bit about um a change in your self-identity because i do feel like there does have to be somewhat of a change uh, mm-hmm. to your identity as you're making that transition to the next uh phase of your life i was wondering if you could comment
3: oh definitely it can be down to the bare bones of just the way you dress And just as most dancers, we always dress to be ready to like dance. So that means anything that is like ripable off. So like flat pants, heavy clothes to keep you warm, keep body, um, leotard, tights, like so more like dressing for comfort and for warmth because you know you're going to be in some drafty studio or some drafty theater to transitioning to actually putting on just real clothes. Like I'm wearing jeans. This feels weird. Like I'm not used to wearing jeans. I'm used to always being in spandex or something of that sort. So it's one of those, um, the identity shift and where you spend money. Uh, you're not trying to spend these $200 on Wadukas and trying to make sure you have all the latest um, makeup and everything for your auditions. It's the small things I think people don't actually realize that transitions from your identity, um, even to the point where I held on to my leotards for a little bit longer than I should have, because I haven't danced in like four years, like a, like a audition style. I was like, I, was like, I don't want to get rid of my auditions, my Leos. This is getting rid of me as a person. Like I so so for me in some ways I'm still holding on to items of me as a dancer so I still try to hold on to the discipline I've gained as we mentioned earlier the creativity that comes from it or even just sometimes just dancing in my living room but it's a little uncomfortable with the complete and utter identity shift because now you're going to be known like now my friends just jokingly call me Dr. Bridget like I'm just like oh that sounds so nice instead of like Bridget this is my friend Bridget the dancer so I'm like It's just even just the way my friends kind of just introduce me or talk about me has changed. So it's very twofold. It's like a place of I miss it in some ways, like I miss the chaos, the chaoticness that came with the dance world. But then other ways, I'm like, that's probably not healthy and shouldn't last all the time. (laughs) All right, I'm
0: I'm gonna jump in here, you all, because there is my goodness. Uh, Dr. Dietrich is on. Patricia is on. Rebecca is on. Charisse is on. We got, oh my goodness, we have Raleigh, uh, North Carolina in the house. We have Helen from um, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Dr. Erica is on. Dr. Khadija is on. My goodness. And uh, so, Dr. Kadisha is sharing that she had been accepted at the Duke, very famous Duke Ellington School of the Performing Arts mm-hmm. in Washington D.C., and she was advised not to go if she wanted to become a doctor. And again, that's part of the uh, myth that I want to debunk. Mm-hmm. That is, that's where you excel. That's what you need to do. It's part of the the pathway to all of this is also the pathway of happiness. You know, I can't, um, I think, I I know, it's not I think, I know I'm a much better doctor because of having been a dancer. And I'm going to say that on my tombstone, I just want the phrase, and because she danced. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everything, everything, and I love listening to you you know, talk about the dynamics, the little things that, you know, come with you. And also this naming. I'm glad your friends are starting to call you Doctor. That was a big deal to get used to mm-hmm. that before my name, Doctor. And what does that mean? What does that mean? All right. So, again, so I, you know, for whatever reason, the comments are not coming through how they usually come through. So I'm just seeing these um, uh, comments um, here, and and someone else is saying, oh, they're loving it. All right, so carry on, Dr. Renee and Bridget. Okay.
1: Well, I, I would have to um, piggyback Dr. Carol and what you just said. Um, I was not a science major either. Mm-hmm. I was oh. a psychology mm-hmm. major. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I am a firm proponent of like to do what you love because uh, college is going to be hard anyway, and you're going to years of you know your you know, pre-med uh, prerequisites. Um, so I definitely have to agree with that. Um, pursue what you love. If it happens to be biology, great. But if it's not. That's okay, too, because I think all three of us are living proof. Well, obviously, to so be, uh, Bridget, we're living proof that you can, uh, you certainly can become physicians without
2: um, having
1: a traditional science background.
2: Agreed. Agreed. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. Well, one of the other things um, that I would like to uh, talk about is uh, one of the things that I love to do um, is utilizing our skills. We develop a lot of really cool skills, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, performers, dancers, athletes. Um, What are some of those uh, skills that you think you possess uh, as a dancer that actually might carry forward and help you uh, as a physician?
3: Well, the one I... Dr.
0: Renee, repeat that question again. Some of our listeners are having still a little bit of difficulty hearing you. I don't know what's going on out there in the cloud today, but that's all right. We're going to press forward.
1: Okay. I do apologize, everyone. I have not had this many audio issues. Um, is this better? <laughs> that's
0: much better.
1: Okay. All right. So um One thing that I have uh, come to know being a figure skater is we develop a lot of skills, any athlete, dancer, performer, Mm -hmm. uh, we develop a lot um, of unique skills and a lot of times we don't realize that those actual skills can transfer over um, Mm -hmm. to our next career. Not necessarily medicine, it can be a career in finance, career in Mm law. Um, So I am curious to know, um, or speak with you, what type of skills do you think you possess um, or have developed or acquired as a dancer um, that can help you uh, with your future career pursuits as a physician?
3: Okay. Um, The one I definitely see that has like flushed itself out fully in like personal training of Pilates is, um, well, currently. It's very detailed. You never really realize how detail oriented until you're like being into like you'll just, you'll just see something. You're like, this is off. Like you'll just randomly see something. It's just the detail orientedness that comes with dancing because you have to be so meticulous about everything. Like one finger, you notice out of style. One slick of your hair is out of style. Shoulder up. It's just that detail orientedness that comes from it. Um, management skills, time management. I try to get things done sometimes, of course, as any human, sometimes it may not become the, you may not be the best at it, but time management changing in two seconds, mm. literally changing in one minute. My friends are like, how do you just change that fast? Magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also compassion. Cause you have to develop, especially if you're doing a lot of partner work or a lot of, um, deeply heartfelt movement it's the compassion you have to have for yourself and others the grace you have to develop so a lot of taking things literally on the chin because it's one of those moments of if you're getting partnered and you get dropped on your head you actually have to go back to the partner because you're not getting switched because you've already been paired for height for the show so you have to show them grace (laughs) even though they just dropped you on your head so you learn how to do a lot of teamwork a lot of um pushing past a lot of just very general emotions that you get. So a lot of emotional well-being, emotional development. um, And lastly, I was going to say emotional willingness to do things because you're kicking your leg up, um, crazy spins and figure skating. Like you have to, you're spinning at like 50 miles an hour. You're flying through the air. It's kind of like having a lot of just emotional willingness to do things and throw yourself into it. And I think that's the one thing that's kind of the through line through everything. It's just being willing. Excellent. Excellent. So I'd like to welcome Amani
0: to the show. She's watching. So welcome uh, Amani and two comments. So one comment is, I think having a first career or multiple job experiences makes people more well-rounded as doctors. I agree. I agree. And then to piggyback on the statement, do what you love. What happens if someone doesn't know what they love? Some of my clients are struggling with that discovery. How do we help people understand and know what it is
3: they love? Play. Period. Play. Like play. Like figure out which I will definitely give that honor to my fam my parents. They literally let me do everything. So I went from gymnastics to dance to orchestra to chorus to paint class to keyboard class. Play. simple.
1: I think that's great advice. I'm, I'm a firm believer that we have all been given some sort of gift,
2: mm-hmm.
1: some sort of talent. It's just up to us to cultivate it and school. Well, we'll first discover it and then to uh, cultivate it. And then how else are you going to do that? Um, unless you explore your options. Mm-hmm. I danced for a while. <clears throat> I was not that great at it. I just did enough ballet so I could keep my brace and my poise and my form when I was on the ice, but there's no way I could go out and do what Dr. Carol and Bridget were doing. Um, I used to do gymnastics. I lasted up until the balance beam and I was like, me too. <laughs> it was not for me. It just was not for me. And then my mom was like, all right, we're going to try figure skating. Let's go put her on some skates and the rest was history. It's like exactly. clicked. Um, so I think, um, you know, another component to that too, is not to limit yourself. It's okay mm. if you don't know exactly what it is that you want to do. Some people come to things later in life. I'm again, a perfect example of that. Most, I was considered old by the time I went to medical school. Most students are going right after they finished college. I was still figure skating. I had a six year gap between, um, finishing, literally graduating from college, and then starting medical school, okay? Um, so, you know, by the time I was even starting medical school, most of my counterparts in college were already graduated from medical school and finishing residency, and here I was just getting started. Um, but I didn't let that stop me. Um, and one piece of advice that I can hear my, uh, my mom had told me this, and I share this with everyone, um, even the pre-med students. Um, She had told me this because I was starting to kind of feel down, like, I'm going to go to medical school. but I might be too old. She said, look, medical school is four years. Four years is going to pass with or without you, regardless of what you choose to do, whether you go for it or whether you sit and stew and pout or whatever. Four years is going to march on with or without you. You might as well be in a position to at least go for your dreams. If you fail, you fail, it's okay. You can always try again. And I thought, you know what, the light bulb went off. And it's like, you're absolutely right. Time is marching on with or without us, whether we want to or not. I think, especially in this day and age with COVID, look what's happened. No, not one person on the face of this earth imagined a year ago that we would all be in the situation we are in right now. COVID has definitely changed the game. Like we've all had to make this pivot shift Um, a reboot, as I like to say. Okay, Um, so why not now? The whole world's been flipped upside down. Maybe this is your sign. Maybe this is your time to start focusing, uh, you know, focusing in on yourself, doing some self-discovery and seeing play, as uh, Bridget said, uh, to get out there and try new things, try an online course, try an online, uh, you know, dance class, athletic class, learn a new language. There's so many things that are being offered now, obviously, virtually, but what better time than now um, to try to tap into a little bit of self-discovery. You actually just might discover, um, you know, what your gifts and talents are, but it's never too late. Don't ever put an age on it. don't ever
0: put an age
2: limit.
0: Well, and you that is, I just want to jump in. It's really interesting, you know, to know because I was out of school for 20 years before I went and did all my prerequisites. Thank you, City College, all my wonderful professors and teachers there at City College and at Monmouth University. Those are the two places where I did my prerequisites. And, you know, one day, this whole too old issue. One day, hopefully, you're going to be 50, you're going to be 60, and you can either be those ages and say, look, I did everything I knew how to do to move myself forward to the next step. Because part of it is you also have to let go of the outcome. There's no guarantee that you, for at least for medical school, that, you, that I would have got accepted. But I wanted to be able to look myself in the eye and say, you did everything you had the power to do, everything you had control over. And the rest, you got to let go. You got to let go because the rest is going to be up to some people on admissions committees and, and all of that. But at least I felt I could look myself in the mirror and say, you did your thing, girl. You did your thing. You know, come what may, you did your thing. So being able to let go of outcomes, I think, is another important element. So, you know, you went for it. And, you know, what did you learn along the way? What was significant in the journey that led you to certain places? So you also don't want to miss the many blessings that happen along the the journey as well. And we've got some more comments here um, that are definitely pertinent to the discussion. So Patricia is saying she has four degrees in many careers. Her favorite career was teaching swing dancing all over the East Coast. And she feels that being a creative helped her with time management, communication, and willingness to be open to new things. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, Welcome, good morning, Victoria. Dr. Erica is with us. So uh, good morning, Laurie. Good morning, Sharon. So yes. So Dr. Dietrich is saying absolutely no regrets. If it's in your heart to do it, try it. So lots of agreement and encouragement along the way for people to participate in the life of their dreams, right? So very, very, very powerful. And listen if um, uh, I'm just going to put it up there. If people want to jump on and this is something that's in, important to your health and well-being, go ahead get your free discovery call with me. The week's schedule is up. I've got one spot left open for today. If you want to go ahead and grab that today, don't wait, don't wait. If you have a question, you want to take a deeper dive, the world can change in 15, 20 minutes. Go ahead and let's talk about it. So this is again, a way that I get to show up, a way I get to serve, a way I get to extend the conversation long after the show is over. So we've got about 10 or so minutes left. So in summary, I'd like to hear from both of you, Dr. Renee and Bridget, we soon will have to be adding the title student doctor. Bridget, (laughs) Um, what would you say are two or three takeaways in this process of transforming, finding your next step? Maybe this is going to be your next job because the job that you had prior to COVID-19 no longer exist, or the job that you're going back to has significantly changed. Mm-hmm. How do you level up? How do you transform yourself to be ready for what's next? So Bridget, you want to jump in and give us your couple of points, and then we'll have Dr. Renee with
3: the last word. Okay. Um, I think Rebecca put it in the comments. It's my favorite thing to also say is mental flexibility. You need it all the time. You need to be able to bounce back or pivot, as anyone likes to say now. Um, Two, mental flexibility, but also remaining open to change. Because as Dr. Penn just mentioned, like two seconds ago, the world can change in 15 minutes, and it literally, we've been shown it. (laughs) So being open to change. And then lastly, Showing yourself grace, just being patient, showing yourself just like that deep honoring of that. You need this time to process. You need this time for this moment. Just show yourself some peace.
0: You deserve it. I love that. Somebody drop that in the chat. Mental flexibility and giving yourself grace. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm just, I'm just going to live the whole rest of the day. Um, with that, for sure. I'm gonna live all the rest of the day with that one. All right, Dr. Renee.
1: Okay, well, that was beautifully said. (laughs) Um, I think one of the biggest uh, take home points is to be willing to stretch
2: yourself. Uh,
1: Yes, um, not to put, Capacities or limits on your abilities because you honestly don't know what you're capable of um, until you decide to exit your comfort zone. And on the other side of that, you actually might find out that you actually are pretty good um, at doing something, but again, you won't know um, until you try. So I think that um, being willing to allow yourself to be stretched, that that is a big thing for a lot of people because it's uncomfortable. Um, And that might be met with a little bit of apprehension or fear of the unknown. And so we limit ourselves before we ever get started. Um, The other thing um, that I think uh, we've always, um, again, we're talking about uh, mental flexibility. Carolyn had uh, chimed in. Absolutely being mentally flexible is key um, as well. Um, The other thing too, I think, is just to um, never just uh, don't settle. I think we get so quick to say, Oh, well, this is just how it is. Uh, I've lost my job. I'm furloughed. It's COVID-19. Everything is a mess. So everything's going to continue to be a mess. I can't, now's not a good time for me to go after what it is that I truly desire, truly want. No, actually, this might be the very time to do it even amongst all this unrest and, um, uncertainty, um, because we probably will not have another time like this, uh, in our lifetime. If the
3: pandemic was <laughs> every 100
1: years old, I, that,
3: I, I say that all the time. Yeah. You never know where you're gonna get this time. Like this is not like any other.
1: You're not gonna get this time back. It's gonna march on with or without you. So why not go mm-hmm. for it? Regardless of the outcome, nine times out of 10, you're probably going to be very pleased with the outcome. Even if there are some setbacks sprinkled along the way. Um, but it does uh, it does make you stronger.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, again, both of you so beautifully said, so beautifully said. And I want you to be able to get in touch with both of these ladies. So there's Bridget's information. You might want to reach out to her. Bridget has a wonderful company where she is teaching online. Now I've been in some of her classes. (laughs) <laughs> not necessarily for the faint of heart but if you want to get up you want to get moving i do recommend that you reach out to her email or follow her on social media all right follow her on social media now for dr renee we have same thing We want to follow her across social media. We want to get involved with all the super guests that I have coming on this show, and we had a lot of new people watching this morning. So, of course, you know, one way to continue the conversation after the show is go ahead and grab yourself a spot one of my free discovery calls. And the other thing that uh, we can do is. Every morning at 6 45 a.m. Eastern Time, I do a guided meditation. Now, I'm going to have a little bit of a pause from uh, social media in that way coming up. However, if you're interested, you can certainly jump on this Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So that's you know on my social media, which is at Dr. Carol Penn, Move Fitness by Medicine, at Dr. Carol Penn no punctuations, D-R-C-A-R-O-L-P-E-N-N. But you can also go to my YouTube channel. So if my beloved would drop that in the chat and you can pull down some guided meditation. So you could just do a meditation vacation for yourself. Mm. It's free to subscribe to YouTube. So it's a great resource. And go ahead, subscribe to Carol Penn. So it's my personal, not my professional, but on my personal YouTube, I grab some meditations to help carry you through the week so you too can be weightless in mind, body, and spirit. And be sure to like, and follow the podcast. The podcast is Weightless in Mind, Body, and Spirit. And there you can explore and listen to the previous guests. You could go back and listen to today's show, maybe to get that golden nugget that you missed the first time around. So again, some free resources out there for you so we can keep growing this community keep developing this community. So I am, you know, excited about those two offerings and make sure you're in touch with these two ladies. And last but not least, one of the things that I'm going to be doing while I'm, you know, not as on air as I normally am, as I'm planning the fall shows for Weightless and Mind, Body, and Spirit. So if there's a topic that you're interested in, that you would like to see in the fall lineup, please email me at info at Dr. Carol Penn. That's info, I-N-F-O at Dr. Carol Penn, D-R-C-A-R-O-L-P-E-N-N. So just email me a topic that you would like to see in the fall lineup. And last but not least, uh, my grandmother always used to say that our hair is our crowning glory. You know, see, so, you know, Dr. Bridge and I, we rocking them, you know, the short hair look is like, okay, let's see how much we can take off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still crown and glory. I love that statement. So I'm going to have Dr. Zakia Anton on next Sunday's show, and we're going to talk about hair health. A lot of women come to me and they have concerns about their hair. It's thinning, they're losing their hair. So we're going to talk about that and how that relates to being weightless in mind, body and spirit. So I look forward to seeing you right back here next Sunday. Thank you for hanging in, even though we're having some sound difficulties, That could be that major storm that's hanging off the East Coast, that's interfering, but that's right, we made it through. I thank my team, my Penn Global Visions team. I thank my beloved Mr. D.M. Jones for all the technical support, direction, and assistance. And most of all, I'm thanking you, Dr. René, and Bridget for a wonderful time together this morning. fantastic. All right. And thank yeah. you to the audience. Thank you for your participation. You all make the show. Nice.
2: You all make the show. Bye. Thank you for coming up.